0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Growing Lean Podcast. This is your host, Ethan Halfide. Another amazing episode sponsored by Lean Discovery Group, an award-winning software development firm, actually top 50 software development firm in the US, according to 50pros.com. I have the honor to be here with Ray Lozani, who is the CEO of 50pros.com, an art broker and collector in his spare time, and a board member of the American Society of AI. Welcome, Ray. Thank you so much, Ethan. It's great to be with you. Tell the audience, okay, you have so many different things we could potentially talk about, but tell the audience about your background. I know you sold a business in the past, and you kind of that positioned you into a more passionate
1: space within entrepreneurship. Tell the audience a little bit about that. Absolutely. So the way I would describe it is everything I've ever built or been involved in, it's really been in the business of bringing people together. I've always been a matchmaker at heart. And I've always felt like the you know one of our ultimate goals as people it's to always to be close to another human being right and whether you see that through Facebook any platform right even if you see it through agricultural spaces, um any industry that you're in to the core of it it's really about bringing people together, and so what I've done in a variety of different industries whether that be you know B two B procurement um, or whether that be through art. And you mentioned that I was at Art Broker as well, right? And what we've done there is essentially connect people. So no matter what business I've been involved in, people say it. so, you know, you've kind of done this, you've done this, you've done that. To me, it's all been the exact same thing, just kind of replicated in different industries, which of course is matchmaking and just brokering and connecting people together. That's how I describe it. So at heart, I'm just a person who likes to bring people together.
0: I love it. I remember you saying that, you know, and you said, I always like to be a broker. And your first business
1: was, I think it was brokerage with the government. It was something like that. Yep. The first one, actually, it's it started very early on in my early days. It was still when I was in college. And at those times, uh, I remember taking the LSATs because I kind of had the trajectory going to law school. Um, but yeah, the very first thing was connecting businesses to businesses using procurement software data to essentially help businesses make better collective purchasing you know, you know, the purchase of of bargaining power. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it's just how how businesses would essentially procure from one another. Um, And then from there, I've just applied that method to many different industries.
0: Nice. And so you're very passionate about bringing people together. And that brings me to 50 pros. Hmm. I'm fascinated by 50 pros. I think it's so in line with what we stand for, because we're listed on a lot of different agency directories, 50 Pros is by far the most inspiring one because you guys are an agency directory built by agency owners, right? So
1: tell the audience more about the background for 50 Pros and your philosophy on it. Yeah, I'm glad you like it as well. We're seeing some great traction with it. So it's a very unique corporate structure, right? Because you see a lot of companies, um, the traditional mindset of growing a company is you start out with a founder, you get a co-founder, perhaps you get employee number one, employee number two, and you kind of scale from that angle. The fascinating things, as you said, 50Pros is an agency directory. It's a place to discover and hire agencies, professional service agencies. So early on, I remember thinking with our very early group, we said, I'm a big believer, by the way, if you start any company, you should use your own products. I've seen a lot of startups fail and falter when they kind of, they try and sell something, but they themselves don't use, right? So I said, look, if we're if we're preaching and promoting this concept of hiring an agency to help you go far, we better be using our own product as well, right? So from the very early days, we said, look, we're going to have different departments, right? You have your customer service department, you have your sales department. Um, We said, we're going to have this whole entire company be run by agencies, each doing their own different thing, working in Harmony, of course, right? Uh, So one of the exciting things that I love to share, people always think it's crazy when we say it, but we have zero technically, you know, from a legal standpoint, we have zero employees. Um, of course, we all, we have a lot of team that's that's behind, you know, all the activities and operations. But yeah, 50 Pros, it's run entirely by different agencies that are each doing their own unique, uh, you know, initiative and task or project, whatever that might be. Um, and so we've been able to say, look, we've succeeded. We've grown so much um, just by using agencies. And these agencies do such a terrific job. And this is really one of the big bets that we're making to the future and how, you know, the landscape of work and the future of work will will really change. Uh, so that's that's you know some brief context there. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And then you know we kind of know how you first got started in your industry, but why do
1: you believe that you're so passionate about being at the middle of connecting supply and demand? It's just something that excites me when I you know I, I've always said one of the biggest things when you know you know in the right place when when you wake up and what is the first thing that comes to your mind, right? This might sound really nerdy to your audience, and, but what I'm about to say, but it's it's usually 50 pros. I wake up and I think about kind of these kinds of things, right? Um, I think in many ways, what really excites me specifically about it is that one of the hardest things to do is distribution in any company. If you look at Amazon or any you know, company that's done pretty well um, for a lot of sellers, whether they're selling products or whether they're selling professional services the hardest thing to do is to get clients, but not only to get clients, but to consistently maintain those clients or keep adding new new customers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think one of the things that excites me the most is the challenge. I like to look at the hardest problem. And to me, that's what I like to go for, right? And to me, it's that distribution. It's that matchmaking. It's connecting. Um, that is very, very difficult. Um, but to me, that's what excites me. And that's what I like to pursue. Love it. Love it. It's finding what you're passionate about. It, like Ikiga. What you What is it?
0: What you're good at, what's valuable for the world and what you're passionate about. So I've I'm never saying, heard of that,
1: but that's interesting. Yeah, I,
0: I think it's called Ikigai. Yeah. It's a Japanese philosophy for how to live a, a happy life. And it seems like you found that. So, you Love know, it. tell me about, you know, one of the major changes we'll, we'll talk about. I think you know where I'm going with that. But the changes in the past in the industry over the years, how have you adapted to those? And then we'll speak about new and present
1: and, and very growing changes that are coming soon. Certainly. So, so there's a few things happening in this landscape in general. Um, we've seen, we've seen the landscape of work change in many ways, right? Um, a really interesting fact that you might like to hear is that in 2023, which we're in right now, so just a few months, we're wrapping it up. Um, but the total spend on outsourcing shared services and augmented services, what that really means is just companies retaining the services of some other company. That number will be 971 billion, by by total globally um and that's that's a 20 percent increase over last year by the way so we're seeing a lot of companies leverage other companies um which they didn't traditionally do because if you look at you brought up japan by the way if you look about 100 years ago the and, and even to this day in some ways uh if you look at the traditional way it's been you know you, you go to college you graduate and you work with that same company probably sometimes your entire life until retirement right and, and and even in the us and many parts of the world that's been instance you kind of have this loyalty towards one company in the past let's say 5 10 15 years there's different you know opinions on it that's really changed right um, especially in the last since covid really we've seen the you know the term quiet quitting right um, so there's been a lot of there's a, a lot of advocacy for you know changing positions kind of finding things that are more fulfilling the mobility has been huge is, is really what the what the whole point there is Um, And I think there's been a huge shift from this traditional long-term approach to sticking with one company for 50 years in your entire life to one that might be a little bit different, right? Where you might like to switch different projects, have more meaningful projects, really not get bored with the same kind of repetitive task over and over again, right? And I think one of the reasons why a lot of employees, for example, why you're having a lot of agencies pop up is because they're realizing this, right? It's kind of like, hey we probably don't need to be hiring an employee for the next three years that's gonna be repeating the same task when they're probably gonna leave in 16 months, um, typically lower on jobs, right? We might just retain the services of an agency. The fascinating thing is, I think people are realizing this on a subconscious level. So we've seen a huge increase on the supply side, the supply side meaning the agencies that are now popping up. They're saying, hey, I'm leaving this corporate job structure. I'm starting my own agency. A lot of this is happening, right? And so to kind of bring this to full close here, one of the reasons that we saw early on and really the big bet that we're making is when you have a high saturation of all these agencies kind of popping up, you now also need to create a trusted and vetted marketplace um, that helps, you know, that gives users- essentially, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so that's really the crux of how 50 Pros really came to be about. It's, hey, there's so much noise out there. There's so much, the saturation is just huge, right? No one, you mentioned one of the competitor platforms earlier, you go on there, you see a directory. There's a hundred thousand plus agencies. That's that's not helpful to anyone, right? Right. So really, what our bet is, you're going to see a lot of boutique agencies pop up, and I think you're also going to have a lot of boutique matchmaking services like Fifty Pros, um, be you know a trusted place people could go to, to 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 find quality talent. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's it's been a long time coming because,
0: like you said, hundred thousand plus agencies in one vertical, you know, millions total uh of global agencies and i think it's important to be able to sort by location and important by tech stack and vertical and specialty and all that good stuff so um now oh you know where i'm going with this ai ai what is the impact so when we introduce you you know you're a board member of the american society of ai let's first talk there let's take your stance on you know what that association does and then your personal
1: uh preference will go from there absolutely so obviously we're very passionate about ai uh it's it's a group that brings together the top experts in AI um for it's kind of like the alfalfa club which is based in DC I don't know if you might know about it but it's a, it's an it's an exclusive kind of club and we're kind of like the AI equivalent for that similar to actually like 50 pros how we vet people uh the American Society for AI it's it's actually similar in that capacity it's invite only etc um but obviously we're very bullish on AI but the one unique thing about the organization is that we want to make sure we bring enough diverse thoughts right Mm-hmm. So we have people at varying levels of how much AI should be leveraged and used in the space. Um, for example, I'm also an art broker and collector. And uh, this is something that's a very hot topic right now in the in art industry is about AI, right? Do we want to have AI? Are we losing the human touch? And one of my core philosophies, like I was saying in the beginning of of, of our discussion, I really care about bringing people together, Right. So I think AI is fantastic in many, many ways, and there's great applications for it. And it's going to make us go so fast and far as a society. Uh, But at the same time, you also want to reach equilibrium and balance. Uh, So I'm a big proponent also of the human touch and maintaining that human touch capacity as much as possible, right? So those are some general thoughts uh, to kind of kick that off.
0: Yeah. Okay. So... Do you see 50 Pros, and I don't know if this is uh, top secret or anything, do you see guys using 50 uh, AI within 50 Pros in any capacity? Because I don't know if any of the other platforms are doing that right now. And if you guys are tailored to be that kind of boutique agency marketplace,
1: I wonder if you could do that provide to provide contextual recommendations. Yep, that's a fantastic point. On the back end, there is some tech automation happening. But for the most part, we, we, we like to say that we're a white glove service so when someone comes to us and says hey hey you know we have these three objectives or goals for whatever we're looking to do um the unique benefit by the way and we should mention to your audience as well part of the the 50 pros we limited only to 50 agencies per category right so that's where the 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 phrase 50 comes from one of the benefits from that is that we get to understand each agency that we have someone you know comes along and says hey i'm looking for a hubspot crm you know optimization implementation, so on and so forth, we'll know exactly who might specialize in HubSpot versus another CRM, right? So one of the benefits, I think, of being boutique is that you have the human intelligence to kind of fill in those gaps. But in instances where, you know, that might be a a shortcoming, we'll, of course, leverage AI because it it really is a great tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's,
0: uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit what's one of the coolest and maybe perhaps one of the most terrifying use cases of AI that you've seen both net positive, net negative. Oh, that's a great question. Not necessarily net negative, but just, you know, you, you've been
1: like speechless at the impact of AI. Right. That's I'm going to point, I'll start with the negatives there. I'm going to point to bad actors Um, we've always known no matter any technology that you build, you might have safeguards in place, but we've known, and this is unfortunately just a fact throughout human history, there's going to be bad actors. Uh, so I'd point to deep fakes. Um, and what that is essentially, for example, you could use my voice that I'm speaking to you right now. And even my image, there's images, videos of me all over the internet, right? Um, you could hypothetically create something that has Ray saying something that he's not actually saying, right? Right. And something that that could be used, you know, 10 years down the line to call my mother, she thinks she's getting a call from me, for example, and it says, hey, I'm in distress, I need to wire me 20 grand or something like that, right? right. My mom's not going to have a clue, especially the elderly, they're not going to really understand, you know, the context there. Uh, so I think you'll have a lot of deep fakes, you'll have a lot of bad actors doing a lot of bad things like that and using real humans to train train their data. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm starting to see <clears throat> because, oh, this is
0: actually relevant to you guys. I don't know if you've released like the customer review uh, feature yet, but a lot of other people, that's how they used to to rank, right? Well, there's a lot of fake review systems out there. I've actually been approached by a few. Um, mm-hmm. Someone we actually recently interviewed on the podcast came up with the AI algorithm that can detect whether it's a real review or a fake review on mm-hmm on any sites or like amazon and all that because they can pay to get fake reviews for their product um and we need more good actors like that like white hat was it called white hat hackers that can basically go and say nope this is fake
1: don't trust it that's actually fascinating i think there there's a few platforms like that too that kind of help detect those bad actors right i think there's one called the reality defender or something like that it's any we might have a partnership with them but um that's what they do. They help track deep fakes. I don't know what the technology is. I'm actually clueless in regards to how, or to what degree of confidence they're saying, Hey, this is a fake review or this is a deep, I, 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 quite frankly, I don't know. Um, but I think it's a fascinating point that you bring up. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And we're building some really cool stuff. Nothing bad. Trust me, all, all good stuff that can I trust you know, you. <laughs> Keep that positive there. Um, but honestly, talk to me a little bit, whether it's about 50 pros or any business that you started in the past, what were like some specific
1: challenges and obstacles you faced along the way and how did you overcome them? Yeah, that's a great point. I think early on, I think entrepreneurs, when they want to launch a business, I think they get this mentality that support is going to come easily. Right. And many times you're building something and there's no response from the market. It's kind of like you're going out into the void you're building something you might run a few advertisements. You might get national TV recognition. Who knows what it is, right? And sometimes it kind of feels, you know, the cliches that it's lonely at the top, right? Um, one of the things that I've seen is that, you know, regardless of those obstacles, um, I think it takes a long time for people. To, it, the way I would describe it is, if you look at a basketball star, they always say oh, there's an overnight success. That's all BS, right? If it took someone five years to finally get recognition. Those first four years, they, they weren't just sleeping around doing nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the overnight success happens usually through years and years of experience. So when someone finally does achieve that success, it looks so easy. Um, but usually for years, they were kind of walking into this void, right? And so yeah, I think... On their face and what yeah. does Elon Musk say? It, uh, this is one of my favorite quotes. Starting a company is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I've never heard that, but I, that's, I yeah, love that. That's... That's literally it, right? It's kind of like, and 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 there's no validation, right? It's kind of like there's no sign. Like if you're an employee, you might have a manager that says, hey, you know, you've met your targets, blah, blah, blah. When you're starting on your own, it's kind of, it's you're, you're out into the abyss, right? It's, it's kind of right. like are describing what Elon Musk quoted there. Um, but I would just encourage, you know, people to kind of, you know, kind of keep, be adamant on the vision. This is one of my favorite things to kind of discuss as well as you want to be really adamant on the vision and objectives but you got to be super flexible on how you get there and those you have to be flexible because it's just sometimes you know you don't know exactly how it is that you're going to get there um but yeah Yeah. that's how i I describe it
0: yeah and it's it's tough to really you know i mean there are books written on entrepreneurship right there's a ton and they Mm -hmm. try to provide frameworks and everything but you know i think sometimes i you know i i I would say you have to skip timelines sometimes because you can't do everything in order like this because that's not the way the market works and that's not the way building a company works. Sometimes opportunities hit you on the face and you have to take advantage and you have to roll with the punches, the challenges that come out of nowhere. You know, whatever framework you have, it's like what Mike Tyson says, sometimes you get punched in the face, right? And everybody has a plan until that happens. So I uh, yep. think a beautiful way of, of explaining things there. But uh, where do you see the agency marketplace um the trends going from there. We spoke offline last week, actually, about that. Where with AI and and the quiet quitting, and you you touched on it here. Let's call it like the agency or the freelancer space, right? Because I think there's going to be more solopreneurs that are empowered, like automating the stuff they would normally have to hire out with with AI, which allows them to scale faster. Which means that they're scaling faster from a freelancer. They're going to an agency, right? So where do you
1: see what? How do you see? I think you're perfectly positioned for it. But talk to me about the the landscape. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And it's one that it's really the bet that the company's making, right? And so far, all a lot of good signs are pointing in that direction. I think so. You're right. So with AI, for example, and Sam Altman of OpenAI mentioned this, I think just a week ago, is that nowadays, previously, when you needed a company of 20 people to even go to market or launch a product, you can now do that in two or three people, right? And so you could really build something. It's never been an easier time to create a company than today. Um, the tools that you have at your disposal—it's—it's um, it's incredible. And so that being said, what's I think what's happening is that you're, you're you're starting to see these co-founders where it's the brain of the company, right? But previously, where you needed twenty, now you only need three. Now, of course, there's still a lot of business operations that go on into it. Which is, for example, you might have to hire a branding agency. You might have to get a logo, which could be done through AI too. But you might have to hire an agency. There's all sorts of things that could be created in that capacity, right? Um, and so that's where I think agencies come into play because the, the really cool thing about agencies and once you experience is that it's it's ad hoc. Right. So rather than saying, all right, we need to hire an employee, we need to get them dental and health care insurance, all this kind of stuff. Right. With an agency, you literally pick up the phone in two weeks. They're already rocking and rolling. I mean, they're experts. They're entrepreneurs in their own way in their field. So when you hire an agency, you're not, you know, the quote unquote, you're not hiring soldiers, you're hiring entrepreneurs. Right. And they care about the own work that they produce because they're putting their their brand behind it. And so I think a lot of companies, they're going to start utilizing agencies and saying, hey, for the next three months, we're going to retain the services of X, Y, and Z brand agency. And then once that's over and are able to cut costs too, because you've done your three-month commitment, maybe a year later, you might call them up again and say, hey, we have another project. It might take six months, whatever the case is, right? So I think in many ways, you're going to have a lot of fragmented and fragmented in a good way because it's ad hoc. You have relationships with these agencies. They're an extension of your team. Um, And I think there's, there's, you know, you can strategically utilize these different options that you have, whether you hire a freelancer, an agency, doing it on your own or just expanding your team. I think a lot of companies moving forward are going to actually see the many different ways you could actually grow and succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know
0: 50 pros, you guys are big on partnerships and collaborations, can you describe, and I don't know if it's confidential and you can speak at a high level if you need to, but have you formed any partnerships or collaborations in particular that have been uh, helpful to grow the business and the footprint
1: overall? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so 50, you're right, by the way, so the magic of 50 pros is one of the community. People always kind of look at the team, the founding team and agencies that we've kind of brought on, but it's really the agencies like yours really um, that are bringing in the expertise, becoming the source of, uh, you know, knowledge and a lot of. Places that people are coming to to just access the experts, right? Um, but yeah, we've had we've had a lot of success stories. Um, as you know, we mostly cater to larger enterprises like the Fortune 500. Um, so we've had a few kind of big names out there that have done all sorts of exciting things. We don't publicly disclose what those tasks were, um, but you uh, we know we've had a Marriott, 3M, we've had a workday uh, using the platform and, and, and connecting with with agencies of. All various kinds of things, right? Um, we've seen things in outbound sales. We've seen things in software development, usually for apps or um, things like that. Uh, so that's it's it's quite fascinating in many ways.
0: Yeah, no, that's that is awesome. I mean, it excites me so much just from disrupting the way that a company is usually built to having a bunch of different specialists, you know, from different verticals, have their input and see like what does it look like when you build like almost like a fragmented company. I, mm-hmm. I I think I told you down the road, I want to have like a small bootstrap PE firm and I have a cloud advisory council, which is almost like a individual freelancer version of what you're talking about, a version of like a private equity firm, you know, so mm-hmm. that is fascinating to me. I, I'm very inspired and very grateful to be part of the platform. And, you know, we are coming up on time here. I want to say, you know, what advice would you give other business
1: owners looking to succeed in this digital age right now? That's that's a great question. I'm happy that you're closing with that. It's really what my philosophy in life in general is. Recognize that the purpose of anything that drives us is to make the world a better place. Um, ultimately, I think happiness comes from production. I think the source of all happiness comes from producing something, creating something, had, adding some value to someone's life. And so you see a lot of people that are unfortunately in despair, right? And I think that stems from not really getting the chance or not either just doing it, not getting the chance. There could be different reasons for not really producing something, right? And one of my favorite quotes of all time, you've brought up some great quotes during our discussion here, but one of my favorites of all time, it's from Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. And he says, just like how a day well spent brings upon a restful sleep, meaning when you've worked really hard in a day when you're in bed, you're, you're crashed out, right? You're ready. You're exhausted. He says, just like how a day well spent brings upon a restful sleep. So does a life well spent bring upon a peaceful death. Mm. Really what the message there is, you really want to use your time on this planet to produce as much as possible, do as much as possible. I like to say, exhaust yourself. Right. Um, And to me, that's, that's why I'm so happy every day. It's because I'm able to just create, do stuff, whether that, you know, it's building a business, whether that's hiking a mountain, going to the gym, as long as you're doing something, having great dialogues with great people. Right. To me, all that it's, it's valuable. It's, it's production. Right. And I think that that's the number one thing that I would really tell anyone. I love it. That was, that
0: was actually one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard. I'm, I'm going to connect with you offline and get that one more time, but Definitely. you know, before, before we uh, kind of clock out here, I want you to have your time to let the audience know how can they get in contact with you? How can they find out more about 50 Pros and anything else that you have going on?
1: Absolutely. Uh, You could email our team, hello at 50pros.com. You could connect with me on LinkedIn. The name is Ray Lazani. That's R-E-I, last name L-L-A-Z-A-N-I. Come say hi. I love to chat with customers, people in general. So uh, always looking forward to something like that. Awesome. Ray, thank you for an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Ethan. It was great to be with you.